Spring Winter Park. It's 11 on a Tuesday. And now's the time to talk about true crime. If you're sensitive to dark topics, this is a trigger warning. Now's a good time to change the channel if you want. But if you are here to stay, I invite you to a good old cup of joe. I'm M. And I'm M. And this is Death Before Decaf. Now, uh, what kind of coffee did we have today? We both had caramel macchiatos from Starbucks, like always. Woohoo! Yeah, I wasn't in the mood to try something new today because, like, I just I had to have something that I was gonna down yeah. all of. Yeah, understandable. I agree. It's Halloween. Yes. Yay! Halloween. Very exciting. Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? Yeah, probably. Probably gonna be a vampire. <gasps> oh yay! I'm gonna be the Corpse Bride. Ooh. One of my favorite movies. I love that movie. So, since it's our Halloween special, I thought we would do something a little fun and funky, and a third F that stands for fictional, and a fourth F that stands for Five Nights at Freddy's. Please don't (laughs) flame me for this, but I had a huge phase in middle school, and when it comes to this podcast, the lore behind Five Nights at Freddy's is just like a perfect fit for an episode. If you're uncultured and don't know what (laughs) Five Nights at Freddy's is, it's... A popular horror game about a pizza restaurant inspired by Chuck E. Cheese, you know, with like the animal animatronics and all. Basically, you play as the security guard during the night shift at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, and the animatronics are haunted, and they come to life at night and try to kill you. So your goal is to survive the whole night. There, there is like so much lore behind it. Mm-hmm. The the, the first game turned into like a whole series yeah and you start to find out why the animatronics are haunted and who's behind all of it and the lore is so complicated but the fan base as a whole managed to like put it all together into one timeline and it really plays out like a whole true crime slash paranormal story love that so i really like fake crime yeah it's Mm -hmm. like it's fake so, you Not know, true crime, fake crime. Fake crime. Yeah. Lie crime. And, you know, since it's fictional, we can be really funny about it. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's not fictional, but we'll get to oh. that later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, caught my foot on the oh. headphone wire. Oh. Anyway, we're going to start out with, um, so the whole story starts out with two men. Remember their names. Their names are Henry Emily and William Afton. Um, we don't know how they meet, but when they do, they become business partners. BFFs. Yeah. Besties (laughs) forever, we think. Maybe. We don't know yet. (laughs) Or not. I should probably say I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. Ooh, so you get to learn about this. I do. I'm so excited. I don't know, like, anything about it. I just know, like, the general, like, you're, like, a night watchman on this, like, pizza place. Yeah. Oh, I... And they, like, try to kill you. That's all I know. Yeah. That's, like, the surface level of it, but... There's a lot more. So basically, a man named Henry Emily and another man named William Afton meet and become business partners. They, you know, open a pizza restaurant, you know, kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese-esque pizza restaurant. It's called Fred Bear's Family Diner. It's... I'm so sorry. (laughs) I really need to turn my phone off. That's okay. Okay. Um, And Fred Bear's Family Diner is like, you know, a kid-style pizza place. And there are two mascots. Um, made into animatronics on the stage. One of them is a yellow bear named Fred Bear, and the other one is a yellow bunny named Spring Bonnie. 
And um, I think it was William who came up with this. Um, he decided that um, the animatronics would double as suits that workers can wear around the restaurant. So like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, except like they're like the same thing. So basically you can put on the suit and when you take it off, there's like a spring lock mechanism that puts the endoskeleton back into place oh. and it can go back into animatronic mode. That's, and you know, foreshadowing, but that's a hazard waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, and they decided, um, they decided, well, they got to um, expand it. It became a chain restaurant. And instead of another Fredbear's Family Diner, um, it turned into Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Um, and instead of Fredbear and Spring Bonnie, there are four new mascots. So instead of Fredbear, there is a brown bear named Freddy Fazbear. That's mm. like the Freddy from Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's. Then the bunny is named Bonnie. There's a chicken named Chica. And a red fox named Foxy the Pirate. Really? The pirate. Yeah. Just like she's the only one that's a character. Yeah, but they're just, they're not creative with the names. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so sorry. That was bad. Wax um, the mic. And here's where, like, the first big twist happens. Um, we don't know yet, but outside one of the restaurants, um, William all of a sudden does this incredibly unexpected thing that Henry had no idea would happen. Um, the story behind it is that there are children at somebody's birthday party, and it's raining outside. Um, one of the girls is Henry Emily's daughter, Charlie. Um, in a cutscene, you can see her going outside, um, just standing in the rain, and then players see a car pull up. Out of the car comes a purple man, who we now know is William Afton. William Afton stabs and kills Charlie Emily. Charlie Emily? Like, the man or his daughter? His daughter. And she becomes his first victim. Spoiler oh. alert, William Afton is a serial killer whose target is children. Ooh. I am very uncomfortable with the energy that we've created in this <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, what happens? What happens to Charlie's body? Mm-hmm. We don't know what happens to Charlie's body, but Charlie's soul, on the other hand, oh. possesses a puppet. It was either a decoration or like a security mechanism, but there's this marionette-looking puppet in the restaurant, and she then possesses it. And so that is the first animatronic, quote-unquote, to become haunted. Spooky. Yeah, but, you know... Why do why do we uh why why did William Afton kill her? Great question. We're gonna find out. We we're gonna think that we find out. Um. And really, the whole Afton family is just like troubled and problematic. Um, William Afton had two sons and one daughter. Um. The oldest son named. Michael Afton, the daughter named Elizabeth Afton, and the youngest son we never got a name of, but he's still a very important character. So, 
Cut back to Fredbear's Family Diner. The year is 1983. Um, it's William Afton's youngest son's birthday party being thrown at Fredbear's Family Diner. Um, his older brother, Michael, bullies him relentlessly, oh. always um, always scares him with like the creepy animatronic masks that he buys and wears. Um, and the whole thing is that um, his... William Afton's son, the youngest child. We're gonna call him the crying child, because that's what he's named. That's what he was named by, like the fan base. Cause okay. He just cries all the time. <laughs> Me too. So the crying child is like deathly terrified of the animatronics at Fredbear's Family Diner. Valid. And so Michael torments him. Uh, Michael torments him with his friends on his own birthday. And you know, on one fateful day in the year 1983. It's the crying child's birthday party, and Michael and his friends say, oh, let's, him br- let's bring him up to the animatronic, uh, scare him. And, you know, of course, his kid is terrified. And then Michael says to his friends, let's make him give Fredbear a big kiss. Aww. And so they pick him up, and they shove him into Fredbear's mouth. Mm. And... Fredbear closes his mouth. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. And that becomes the infamous tragedy known as the Bite of 83. The Bite of 83. Oh, my God. The Bite of 83. Um, Spoiler alert, the child dies of his injuries in the hospital. Okay. And, you know, that marks the loss of the first Afton child. Was that, like, like, was he haunted or was it, like, a mechanical? issue it was a mechanical issue okay i mean like the animatronic wasn't haunted but it just yeah. closed its mouth on the kid yeah. Yeah. um so yeah basically michael killed his little brother and Ooh. when you play the fourth game in the series it's speculated that you're playing as michael afton and the animatronics come into your house as like it's basically like a symbol of michael afton living with his guild of killing his brother mm. um and of course you know I don't, this probably does phase William, but William is bloodthirsty still, even yeah. after the death of his own child. Um, and William creates another restaurant. Um, I don't think Henry at this point knows that William killed Charlie, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think they're still business partners. But William creates, um, what's it called? called Circus Baby's Pizza World. So it's a sister location. Circus Baby's Pizza World. Yeah. That is the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah, no, it kind of, it, it sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Circus Baby and Pizza World, like all of, every element of that is bad. Yeah. Um, but what happens is um, William, you know, being a genius inventor and everything, does something terrible again. And what he does is the main animatronic mascot he creates, Circus Baby, um, kind of looks like an off-brand gender Ben Pennywise. Oh my <laughs> She's God. got like red pigtails and stuff. Um, he creates um, a circuit mechanism in her to dispense ice cream from her body. Oh, like from where on her body? I don't know, like her torso or something. Oh, okay. Hand it to children 
to lure them near her and then kill them. That's gross. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he's a bloodthirsty maniac. Yeah. Um, but what happened on accident, he didn't mean to, but the daughter, Elizabeth Afton, came a little too close mm-hmm. and she became a victim of the circus baby robot. Circus baby robot. And, you know, what happens is that she possesses the circus baby oh. robot. Yeah. She is now circus baby. Mm-hmm. And after the incident, William probably doesn't know that Elizabeth possessed Baby. But he hid all the animatronics into this bunker. And that's where the game Sister Location takes place. So that's the, okay. fifth, that's the fifth game in the series. Okay. God, it's so crazy. The timeline is just so messed up. Um, then it's speculated that after that event takes place... Um, it should be around, like, 1985, 86. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of multiple missing children's incident occurs at the Freddy Fazbear's Pizza Diner. Mm. What happened? They were murdered. Yeah. Oh, William right. dressed up in, um, I think he was a Fredbear suit. Ugh. Lured the kids into the back room. And killed all five of them. And that's when the missing children's Just incident like five happens. five at once? But yeah. And so um, the, restaurant, the restaurant closes. Yeah. Um, the restaurant closes. And that, that prompts the events of the first game. Okay. Um, the reason why the restaurant closed is because there were, like, disgusting smells coming from the back room. I wonder what those smells are coming from. Yeah, uh, it was the bodies stuffed yeah. inside the suits. Oh, my God, the bodies were in the suits. The okay. bodies were stuffed inside the suits. Oh, my God. Um, and so, you know, the, the restaurant closes. In the year 1987, Okay, it's also an important year, a second location opens... It's also Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, but they made new variants of um, the animatronics called the toy variants. So, like, they're kind of, like, these new and improved um, Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica, and a foxy variant called Mangle. And she's called Mangle because she's, like, all mangled. Because she was just, I I think it's speculated that she was, like, taken apart by children and stuff. Ew. Yeah. Um... And I think, we think, that William kills another four or five kids, and they possess the toy variants. Um, and Charlie, we, the ghost of Charlie in the puppet, finds this newfound power. Um, what happens is that the old animatronics are in the back room on the map of that game. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, withered and decaying um and they're kind of just like sitting there out of use and so what charlie does is charlie you know being a ghost and all gives um the ghost of the first five children the gift of life quote unquote and so she lets the kids possess those animatronics um like the original variants um 
So that would be Freddy, Bonnie, Chica, Foxy, and the Fredbear suit, which at this point people call Golden Freddy. Um, and during November of that year, um, Mangle became unstable or malfunctioned and bit one of the night guards in the frontal lobe. Ooh, like through the skull? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And that event became known as the infamous Bite of 87. There's so many bites. Oh, no. I know. It's just like it's a really, really bad series of events that happen. It's just so many hazards waiting to happen. Um, So, of course, the restaurant closes. The toy variants are scrapped. And then the classic animatronics um, go back to their old location, and the restaurant reopens. Then the first game takes place, because now the animatronics are haunted. Ugh. And now, like... Then, of course, the, they try to kill the night guard, because they think the night guard is their killer. Oh, wow. Um, it's... Somewhere between 87 and 93 at this point. And William finally tells Michael what happened um, to the sister location. He says it's underground. Go find out what happened to your sister because I'm not going to tell you myself. Yeah. Um, so it's clear that, you know, William cares about his own children but is just bloodthirsty for Other anyone who is not his own child. Yeah. So Michael goes underground to the bunker where the sister location used to be. And then he finds that his dead younger sister possessed the circus baby animatronic. Mm -hmm. Um, What he does is he has to make sure that the other ones don't get to him because she she also had the power to give the other animatronics consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, She just has them under her control. Like, they aren't possessed by other victims. Um... And by the end of that game, Michael Afton um, gets disemboweled. Oh, Jesus. Get, gets disemboweled. Um, he, like, his insides get scooped out. Mm-hmm. Um, How? They, so basically there's this room called the scooping room. Oh, no. And it's underground, and I think it's used to, like, dismantle animatronics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Using, like, a scooper. Ooh. But the scooper was used to disembowel Michael. And what happens is that um, I think the endoskeleton of um, the baby animatronic crawls inside his body and then possesses him. That's gross. And what's weird is that Eventually, the endoskeleton leaves Michael's body, but Michael survives. How? How? Well, let's see. There's this thing that we recently found out about called the remnant. And the remnant is basically like a horcrux. Okay. So, like, it's kind of like an inanimate object that your soul possesses. And I think that only happens if you kill someone. So I think oh. Michael survived with the remnant, I think because he killed his younger brother all those years ago. Yeah. 
So I guess he kind of used his own body as a horcrux. Um, and it's also speculated that's that um, William knew about the remnant, which is why he killed so many kids, because he wanted to, like, stay immortal uh, or something. I see. And the thing about that is, spoiler alert, it works. Um, because shortly after the events of the very first game took place, William Afton, for an unknown reason, returns to the first location. And out of the animatronic suits become... Out of the animatronic... Out of the animatronic suits come the souls of the five children who he killed at that first location. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they scare the shit out of him. Yeah. They back him into a corner. And in that back room is a spare Spring Bonnie suit. Oh, no. Spring Bonnie, the yellow bunny animatronic from the very first Fredbear's Family Diner location. Oh, no. Remember the spring lock mechanism that William invented? Yeah. They lure him back into that corner... And William thinks, oh, if I get into that suit, they can't hurt me. Mm -hmm. And so he gets into that suit, and what happens is that he accidentally triggers a spring lock mechanism. Uh. And so the endoskeleton snaps into place, crushing all of his bones and muscles, leaving him to die a slow, gory, painful death. Oh, no. And so basically the ghosts of the children he killed finally were avenged. revenge. Mm-hmm. They got their revenge. But remember the remnant. Mm-hmm. So William essentially survived. He was left there in that room to rot. Yeah. And so he became this zombie, basically. Okay. Like, his rotting body is still in that suit. With no bones and no muscles. Yeah, it's... Yeah. So he, you know... Oh, sorry. He becomes one with the Spring Bonnie suit and gets the name Spring Trap. Oh. And 40 years later, so now the year is 2023. Oh, okay. In the future. Yeah, so this is two years from now. Um, the year 2023. 40 years after William Afton dies, so that's in 1993. A haunted attraction opens called Fazbear's Fright because all the events that took place at all locations became infamous. Mm -hmm. So they decided to open a horror attraction. Um, People who didn't originally own the franchise opened a horror attraction called Fazbear's Fright. And so it's kind of like a horror house attraction. Um, Michael knows about it, and... He knows that Springtrap is there because he's, like, the horror attraction. Yeah. Well, I don't think people think that he's literally, like, a zombie. Yeah. Does, like, he know that Springtrap is his dad? I think so. Um, and Michael goes back there, and he wants to end it once and for all because I think he knows now that Michael killed Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. William killed Elizabeth on accident. Mm-hmm. Um. But he also killed so many other people. So Michael um, burns down the building, but again, fails to kill Springtrap. Um, and after all of those events take place, we have to go back to the perspective of Henry Emily. Okay. Um, and Henry opens a brand new location, like, of his own, without William. 
and you don't really know how yet. There's so many unanswered questions before, but this is yeah. the timeline we put together. Um, Henry uh, manages to lure Springtrap into that location, but that's probably because um, that's probably because Michael is there too. Yeah. Um, and this is like, I think beyond 2023. So like in the future, um, you know, Henry, he's been in the background, but like he kind of, he, he knows what's going on. Um, and what happened is, you know, after he lured Michael and Springtrap into the new restaurant, which is the last restaurant, finally. Yeah. Henry burns the place to the ground with all the oat suits, Michael inside, Ooh. and William Afton, mm. a.k.a. Springtrap. And after that, they all finally die, and that is the end of the franchise. I think the only survivor is Henry Emily himself. How did, was he inside? I don't think so. I think he oh. just burned the place to the ground. Gotcha. He burned the place to the ground. He wasn't convicted for anything, but then again, William was never caught yeah. for the murders. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. But after that, um, it was said that all the souls that William killed could finally rest and be at yeah. peace. And that's the end of the timeline as we know it so far. And what I'm really excited about is that there's going to be a movie adaptation of all that. <gasps> and it started filming this spring, as far as I know. I love that. I'm really excited for that. My sixth grade self is so excited. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. That How many video games are there, like, in total? Ah, uh, seven or eight. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I thought there was, like, four. And there's a new one coming out. Gosh. Yeah, I know. Like, ugh, so crazy. There's one, huh. two, three, four, Sister Location, Ultimate Custom Night, Pizzeria Simulator. That's oh where Hen- that's the game where Henry burns down the building. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, that's, that's my two cents on the Five <laughs> Nights at Freddy's lore. Okay, I guess... I will get into mine. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Like, a nonfiction murder over a fictional character. I like yeah. that. So, I am doing the Slenderman murder. Um, let's get into it. So, I'm going to start at the beginning. In 2012, there were two fourth grade girls, Peyton and Morgan, Um. They became friends when Peyton saw Morgan sitting alone and was like, hey, I'm going to sit next to her, you know, and she said, like, I just didn't think anyone should be alone, which is so sweet. They became, like, best friends. They were inseparable. And then two years later, when they were in sixth grade, Morgan became friends with a girl named Anissa. I don't know if I said their last names, but their names are Peyton Lautner or Peyton... I think Lautner is right. Yeah, L-E-U-T-N-E-R, Morgan Geyser, and Anissa Wire. Um, so 
Peyton didn't like Anissa. She said that she like only hung out with her because Morgan liked her. Um, but Morgan and Anissa bonded over their shared interest, and their shared interest was Slenderman. And as their like friendship grew, so did their obsession. They believed that Slenderman was real. Like they fully believed in him. So if you don't know what Slenderman is, I will give you a little definition, I guess. So in 2009, there was a site called Something Awful. Um, and it hosted like a Photoshop contest and they asked like users to take a regular picture and make it scary. So one user, the username Victor Surge, whose real name is Eric Knudsen, he entered the contest with pictures and they depicted like a tall, thin figure photoshopped into the background of like old black and white pictures of kids like playing on playgrounds and all that stuff. So immediately this like creature was given the name Slenderman and then people like began building on like the myth surrounding him. So it was just like a massive success and people started writing creepypastas about him. So here's the definition for creepypasta. It's another another weird middle school phase. Some yeah, people have. it was a massive success, and people started writing creepypastas about him. And if you don't know what a creepypasta is, it's like a scary myth legend that is like copied and pasted around the internet. It's basically just like an urb- internet urban legend. So, uh, according to these stories, Slenderman was a tall, faceless man with long arms and tentacles coming out of his back, and he always wears a suit. So, he uh, preyed on children, and he lured them back into the woods, convinced them to kill others in order to become members of his proxy. So, like, he would lure these kids into the woods, be like, you kill this person so you can become a part of my proxy. And, like, I don't know, proxy is, like, such a weird word, but that's, like, the correct, that's, like, what people call it. Back to the girls. Um, Around December of 2013... Morgan suggested to Anissa that they become proxies of Slenderman in order to prove, like, Slenderman's existence and to prove that, like, they were, like, valid. Uh, What's the word? Anyway. um, That they were, like, worthy? They were worthy, yes. They wanted to prove, like, Slenderman was real and they were worthy of Slenderman. And, like, of course, Anissa was, like, immediately on board. And so they started plotting the murder that they would obviously have to commit to become proxies. And so they decided that they would kill Peyton. And so they planned the murder since December, and they, like, even used code names that they wouldn't raise suspicion, which is, like, insane. And in May of 2014, it was Friday, May 30th, the girls had a slumber party for Morgan's birthday, so it was the three of them. Um, Morgan and Anissa to kill Peyton while they were while she was sleeping and they were gonna like duct tape her mouth stab her in the neck and cover her up to look like she was sleeping and then they were gonna run this was at Morgan's house because it was Morgan's birthday but um so that night they went to Skateland and on Friday night Skateland has like free pizza I don't know like the Skateland near me when I was a kid had free skate on Friday but they didn't really talk about that they just said that it had like free food I never heard so of Skateland. 
Yeah, it's just like a roller rink, basically. So they went to Skateland, and when they got back to Morgan's house, they changed the plan. So Morgan was like, I just wanted to give her another morning, which is like crazy. So the next morning, May 31st, the girls went to the park, and Morgan brought a knife. So Morgan and Anissa led Peyton to the bathroom, and then they changed their plan again. They, in total, had three plans. So they went to the woods, and they told Peyton that they were playing hide-and-seek. And Peyton, like, didn't want to. She was, like, they forced her to go in and play, quote-unquote, hide-and-seek. Um, Anissa sat on Peyton. Morgan hands her the knife, and Anissa hands it back and tells her to go crazy. Like, just stab, stab, stab. Like, in the interviews, like, the police interviews, Morgan was like, so what did you do after? She goes, stab, 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 stab. I was like, oh. That's, that's, like, not stable. Yeah, that's she's not. not. Um, so after they stabbed her, they just, like, left her there to die, and then they went in search of Slenderman's mansion in the woods because according to some of his lore, he had a mansion in the Wisconsin woods where they were from, um, so they went in search of that, and at around 10 a.m., a man on his morning bike ride called the police to report a bloody young girl crawling out of the woods. She said, like, I've been stabbed, please call the police, and so that girl was obviously Peyton. She, at this point, they were all 12 years old, um, so... They rushed her to the hospital where they discovered that she was stabbed 19 times and she was literally a millimeter away from death. Like the knife went into her heart, cut the muscle, but didn't go all the way through. Yeah, that's like. Like if it went a millimeter more, she would have like bled out and like her heart would have stopped. But she was saved. She's still alive today. Um, So while this was happening, Morgan and Anissa were nowhere to be found. Like, they searched for five hours, and, like, five hours later, they found them. And Morgan had a five-inch blade in her backpack. They were, like, walking along the highway trying to get out of their town in Wisconsin. Um, So Morgan and Anissa's parents rushed to the police station, and they didn't know what had happened. Like, the police just told them, someone has been hurt. Like, where is where are your children? Someone has been hurt. And they were like, we don't know. Like, you know. So Morgan and Anissa were interrogated in separate rooms, and they both confessed. They were like, yeah, we killed her. But they each pointed to the other person as, like, the instigator. So Anissa was like, yeah, Morgan came up with the idea. And then Morgan was like, yeah, Anissa came up with the idea. But either way, they admitted to killing her. And Morgan said that she felt no remorse. He was like, the police officer was like, do you feel, like, bad about what you've done? And she's like, surprisingly, I don't feel any remorse. And also, I think that it's better to live life with no regrets. Like, you know, regret isn't going to get you anywhere. Like, you just tried to stab your best friends to death. Like, huh? So they were, like... Supposed to be, like, when the trial started, they were going to be charged as adults. But their, like, families protested for them to be tried in juvenile court because 
they were only 14 or they were 12, sorry, they were 12. Um, but if they were tried as juveniles, that would mean they would be released when they were 18. So, you know, for... I think it's going to take a lot more than that. Yeah, so for three years, they were just kind of stuck in this, like, middle space between juveniles and adults. So they were, like, locked up, but they didn't have the resources that, like, troubled children get. So they were in the juvenile jail, but they didn't have any of the resources that, like, juveniles receive. So during this time, they received, like, mandatory psychological evaluations and this is where morgan was diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia yeah yeah and she was also diagnosed with psychotic spectrum disorder but um uh schizophrenia was in her family her father had schizophrenia and so that was like one of the first things that they looked for after like knowing about what she did you know so she stayed in, like, the facility for, like, a year and a half, like, the juvenile jail. She stayed in the juvenile jail for a year and a half, and then she was moved to a mental health facility where she could get, like, the proper help that she needed. Yeah. But the judge decided that they would be continued to be tried as adults. So they first, like, at first they pled not guilty due to, like, reason of insanity, like, they had mental illness Mm -hmm. but um anisa took a deal and she pled guilty to intentional second degree homicide and it's said that like she did this so that she didn't have to put peyton through the trauma of like reliving it yeah i don't know why not first degree because like they planned it out yeah that was like what they were going to do like that's why it was a plea because it was first degree, but first I don't I don't really but they plead for a lower degree. Yeah. Um. So Anissa was diagnosed with shared psychotic disorder, so she was basically just like sharing in Morgan's delusions. Um. Mm-hmm. So they, like, according to the psychologist that evaluated them, they knew it was wrong, but they were so enveloped in their delusion that they believe that if they didn't do it then Slenderman would kill their families so it was like either like they knew it was wrong but if they didn't do it their families were gonna die you know so they were just really mentally unstable um so psychologists decided that because Anise's mental disorder led to her actions that she should not be held criminally responsible. Like, that was the psychological evaluation, like, conclusion, was that she shouldn't be held criminally responsible. But the jury deliberated for 11 hours, and they found her not guilty by reason of mental illness, but she was sent to a mental health facility for 25 years. And Morgan pled the same, like, sentence as um, Anissa, the, um, like, intentional second-degree homicide, and she was sent to a mental health facility for up to 40 years. Yes. I mean, like, it hasn't been that long yet. No, it has not. So, in September of 2021, literally, like, a month and a half ago, 19-year-old Anissa was released. 
So she spent four years in the mental health institute that she was sent to, and she has a she had a conditional release plan that states that she would live with her father. She would have like twenty four seven GPS tracking. She would receive mental health treatment. She was only allowed to be on the internet at her house. Her internet use would be tracked by the Department of Corrections. She isn't allowed to have social media. She's not allowed to consume drugs or alcohol. She's not allowed to possess a weapon. And she's not allowed to contact Peyton or her family. And, like, the family. Huh? I think the family is kind of a stretch, but everything else. Yeah, just, like, you aren't allowed to talk to Peyton. You know, you aren't allowed to, like, reach out to them. Oh, they can't reach out to her. Either way. Okay. Yeah, they just, like, aren't allowed to have contact with each other. But, um, yeah, Peyton's family was, like, I'm scared of her being released. And, you know, like, she tried to murder my daughter. But, yeah. That's, like, not a good ending, but that's the ending. Yeah, I just, like, it's, like, it's crazy that, like, she actually survived. Yeah, she's, like, living her best life. She is... In college, she has, like, cats, and... Good for her. Yeah, she's living her life. But, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I know after the murder, it wasn't based on the murder, but, like, a Slenderman movie came out. Yes. And the movie is That had to have messed with her. Yeah. I honestly, that was... I don't know. To me, that was low-key disrespectful. Yeah, it was about... And also, I heard it was bad, too. Yeah, it's about three girls that were being, like, tormented by Slenderman. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. And so I think it was Peyton's father reached, like, he made a statement. It was like, this is just, like, blatantly disrespectful. It's profiting off of the trauma that my daughter went through and, like, valid and, like, completely true. That, yeah, that's messed up. It really is. Still, I, that's, I find that, like, really fascinating. It really is. Especially the whole shared delusion thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, their parents knew that they were, like, liked Slenderman. Like, that was, like, an interest of theirs. But they never saw anything wrong with it. Because they were never, they never showed how actually entranced they were until they were like arrested and a journal of morgan's was found where she it really showed her like mental state there were just like creepy drawings and she wrote like i want to die and i want to kill and get me out of my mind and just all of these like crazy things and that was one of the things that like yeah you know, really showed how mentally unstable she was. Yeah. That's why we should seek help when we think we need it. Yes. And there are interviews with Morgan's mom, and she talks about how, like, she tried to hide her delusions from people and that she believed that she didn't want to, like, speak out about it or seek help because her delusions were her friends, and she didn't want to lose her friends. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And when she was being questioned by the police after the murder, the, like, detective or police officer 
was like I could tell that she wasn't mentally stable because she was looking at things in the room that weren't there and she was talking to things that weren't there. Yeah, no, that's schizophrenia. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my story. I feel like my stories are always, like, sad, like, with bad endings. I mean, like, it's true crime. It like, is. come on. Yeah, there aren't very many happy endings in true crime. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we always start, like, oh, what kind of coffee are we having? Yeah, and then it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so hopefully this episode comes out on Halloween. That's what that's so what the plan is. Yes. It's kind of a special episode, an extra episode, because most time, most, like, episodes come out on Fridays. So this is going to be a special episode. Yeah. Special extra episode. It's always exciting. It is. So we will see you guys on Friday. I'm Em. And I'm Em. And this is Death Death Before Before Decaf. Decaf. Bye.